From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh yes, Mr. Rob Rube, thank you very much. Mike with you at Mike Davidson Lives. It's the podcast. Thanks for downloading and hanging out with me for about half an hour here as uh, continuing on doing what I do best, yammering in a room by myself. Uh, Good company tonight, though, earlier. Uh, Me, the wife, the kids, we all went out to eat, uh, Culver's, and... uh, I was just shocked because my kids, not a one of them threw fists at each other. Not a one of them got naked in public. I mean, you got to keep in mind the oldest one is five here. So we were actually able to enjoy a pretty decent meal without any big interruptions. Uh, we had tons of uh, leftovers because kids are still picky eaters. But it's just nice to go out in public and uh, not have to worry about that crap as much. It gives me hope for the future. Maybe we could take them to, like, Olive Garden one day. You know, for uh, real authentic Italian. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm still just kind of surprised by it all. And I uh, surprised I was able to keep everything down just because uh, everybody's had a touch of something this past week. And yesterday I came home from work and I slept off and on for, like, 12, 13 hours before I had to get up and go to work today. And I just felt awesome. Uh, I'm also dealing with a gurgling stomach, so maybe maybe not the best idea to go out and eat so soon, but uh, still had a good time tonight, for the most part. And yes, I did find time to catch a little bit of the new uh, Bob Odenkirk show on uh, AMC, Lucky Hank. Quite the departure from uh, playing a sleazy money laundering lawyer from the Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul shows. Um, but, you know, basically this show, he's a, a college professor at a really bad college in a very small podunk Pennsylvania town who um, is, in a sense, kind of a man-child in a way, having trouble developing and moving on. He's written one novel, and that's it. And uh, he's got a strained relationship, uh, strained marriage with his wife, strained relationship with his daughter. His co-workers pretty much don't like him. And uh, this... Uh, this is the type of role that Bob Odenkirk can play. In fact, he's the producer of the show, so this is a passion project of his, and he does very well on it. I mean, he plays, uh, he doesn't play goofy comedy, he plays more or less, you know, character comedy, and uh, this is tailor-made for him. Uh, the thing is, though, is I, I don't know how great this show is going to be in the long run, because you can't really make a, a, a judgment after, what, a couple of episodes. Um, and they're still trying to flesh out the rest of the cast, and uh, you know how it is. You try to figure out uh, who belongs where on a show, and uh, you know some people might be a little too quirky for you to really believe who they are. Um, but Bob plays it right, so we'll, we'll see how the show goes. Uh, but I, I liked it for the most part. I mean, I didn't really have any major quibbles. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, Mandalorian dropped tonight, uh, or earlier today I might watch that this week I'm just I'm not really feeling it and I probably will never feel it ever again for the Mandalorian which is sad to say because you know first two seasons just fun Star Wars type stuff and now it's just kind of by the numbers bullshit uh, okay so nothing new on the Jonathan Majors front of course Jonathan Majors 33 year old actor 
Uh, he's going to be the villain for the next several stages of the MCU. He was also in Creed 3, kind of a rising star in Hollywood. And then over the weekend, there were some allegations about him hitting his uh, girlfriend, or strangling her even, and there were some charges uh, filed or he's being arraigned or something. But uh, his lawyers are saying that they have evidence to get this all overturned, charges dropped and all that, and uh, th th that's what they said over the weekend. It's been like three or four days since. No major developments on that front. Aside from the fact that uh, the U.S. Army is now having to reconstruct their uh, their advertising campaign featuring this guy uh, so that it can run without any controversy during the Final Four this upcoming weekend. Uh, but some very interesting things uh, have been made noticed on Twitter because of Jonathan Major's behavior. Um, this, uh, a filmmaker, I think this was um, tweet, uh, t deleted or blocked, I don't know, but there's a, a, a director's assistant by the name of A.B. Allen. Back in February, before all this uh, hit, he uh, tweeted out, there's a particular actor, relatively new on the scene, who Twitter has violently fallen head over heels for, who in actuality is a vicious, cruel, abusive human being, both professionally and in his personal life, and every new viral thirst tweet about him drives me insane. And a lot of people are alleging that this was about t uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. And then, um, uh, what is this? Uh, Tim Nikolai. I guess worked with him and tweeted up something. Oh th no, this the uh, the first one was not deleted. This one was deleted. Uh, Tim Nicoloy said, uh, "Folks at Yale and broader NYC community theater have known about him for years. This being Jonathan Majors, uh, he's a sociopath and an abuser, and that is how virtually everyone speaks about him. It's a shame it took this long for him to be reported." End quote. But this this one was the one that was deleted. And as you know, uh, allegations and tweets are not evidence, so this doesn't mean that Jonathan Majors is what they say they are. But it, it, where there's smoke, you kind of wonder where the fire is and how this is ultimately all going to play out uh, in the long run for him and Marvel, uh, who just can't catch a break recently. Uh, some of it brought on about by themselves with other things uh, pertaining to shitty movies and people getting fired but uh, Jonathan Majors his uh, his stuff not really helping uh, one MCU star uh, that I'm glad to see alive is Jeremy Renner um, three months ago it looked like he was near death and he had all these tweets because you know he got crushed by a piece of equipment out on his uh, ranch out in uh, Nevada trying to save his uh, nephew and then uh, he ends up in the hospital and uh, half his body's crushed and all this stuff and uh, I guess he's made tremendous strides in uh, his uh, therapy both physical and whatever else he needs to get through it and uh, uh, there is some footage leaked of him on an anti-gravity uh, treadmill which uh, you know alleviates what, uh, some of the weight on his legs and he's up and moving and trying to you know get back into shape and uh, he actually has sat down with Diane Sawyer for a big old interview on ABC because, I mean, it is Disney after all. Uh, April 6th is when that airs. But it's just good to see that, you know, somebody um, is pulling through and doing a whole hell of a lot better for himself. And 
uh, actually damn near sacrificed his life to save a family member. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty selfless stuff right there. So, hoping all the best for Jeremy Renner. And uh, no matter what he does, uh, Disney or else, whatever else, uh, hopefully we get to see more of him doing what he does. Okay, so some shocking behind-the-scenes footage from one of the John Wick movies. I think this was John Wick 4. You know, since we're talking about things that are just... You, you, you can't believe your eyes and your ears when you see them. But you know uh, how Keanu Reeves, uh, Mr. Universally well-known, well-liked guy, no one has a bad thing to say about him except for Matthew Perry. You know how everybody just loves him. Well, there's been some footage leaked from the latest John Wick shooting. And it shows Keanu Reeves with the crew with the, the people behind the cameras and you won't believe what he was doing for them. He was he was moving equipment. He was helping them move production equipment behind the scenes. I don't think anybody asked him to. I mean, who the, who the hell's going to tell Keanu Reeves what to do aside from the director, right? But he's he's helping uh, getting everything uh, set up for the next shoot and I'm just thinking, God, this guy it's amazing how anybody Matthew Perry could hate a guy like Keanu Reeves, uh, but that was making the rounds on Twitter um, earlier earlier this week, and uh, you know, that's that's why you know people w go and see him. He may not be a Shakespeare in the Park kind of actor, but anything he does, a lot of people will go and see because well, he, he seems like a decent dude. All right, uh, it, it, you know, it's easy to not keep track of things like that. Especially since everybody is riveted with the uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow ski. <laughs> uh, what the hell is this? The ski trial thing. It's now a thing. And, and maybe it is. It's it's not quite like Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, where you know, at least there was poo in the bed. This is basically uh, her being accused of uh, skiing and running. And skiing and trying to get the hell out of a situation where a 76-year-old retired doctor says he's got brain damage now. And he's suing Gwyneth Paltrow. This is an incident from like 2016, and now we got the uh, the press, the entertainment press, uh, just oh, here's the latest from the Gwyneth Paltrow trial. This is a seven-year-old case, um, and it just where's the interest on this thing? Um, I'm just surprised she was outside skiing and not inside trying to make more candles for crying out loud. Uh, but I saw that Fox News um, on their website I, that uh, there's some evidence that kind of supports her claim that uh, anything she did was accidental and whatnot. And the only reason why she said uh, she uh, she fled the scene was because she felt like this dude was trying to sexually assault her or something. This is just like the craziest um, lawsuit thing. But but the overall feel I get for these sort of things is. It ain't like the 90s where, you know, a sensational trial did rivet the country. Like, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, I guess, would be a more serious example, as if all the other cases I'm going to reference are lighthearted. But, you know, how somber and terrifying what this guy did was, and just like, you're like, what the hell? And then you have the Menendez brothers being the spoiled little a-holes they were, and then you had... Uh, uh, Lorena Bobbitt versus John Wayne Bobbitt, and of course, who can forget OJ? I mean, practically court TV launched on OJ. I mean, you had murder trials, for Christ's sake, that just were like big 
daily things that everybody talked about. And now we're talking about uh, an actress, sometime candle maker, uh, fleeing the scene of a botched skiing trip or something. I don't know. But they're trying to make it to be this big thing. And I just don't think a lot of people give a shit one way or another uh, if she did flee the scene or not. Uh, but just, like I said, it's a content problem. And yeah, I'm talking about it, but I'm not paying attention to it other than I see it pop up in my feed every now and again. I'm like, well, why in the hell is this a thing? All right, so uh, this week, uh, in fact, uh, recording into Thursday morning here, is Major League Baseball starts another uh, big season. Another 162 games. It is 162 games, right? I, I It's been a while since I followed Major League Baseball hardcore, but um, some big-time rules, some big-time changes. It's some good, some bad. I think the bigger base thing is kind of stupid. Um, no, it, it just is. Um but one thing that I do applaud is the pitch clock. Um, and it, it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, hell, you have a shot clock in basketball. Uh, you have the play clock for a quarterback to get the ball off in football. Why wouldn't you have a pitch clock? Because it's, it's a different era. And I know baseball purists, they're probably gritting their teeth saying, no, it's just this tradition. And it's like, well, Nobody has time to sit and watch two men scratch their balls. You know, batter's got to get in there, know what he's doing. The pitcher's got to get the pitch off, right? Uh, the way the way I understand the pitch clock here um, is uh, basically the pitcher has 15 seconds to throw the damn ball each time out. And uh, if he doesn't, the batter is allotted a ball. Now, if the batter's not ready within those 15 seconds, that's a strike against him. This is when the bases are empty. When the bases are full, it's 20 seconds. So, I, I don't think that's a big deal to me. I That's one rule that I can't, you know, bitch and moan about. It's, it's one of those things where you kind of wonder why they didn't do it sooner. And if it does speed up the game, why not? Hell, uh, preseason, I call preseason, it's spring training. It's preseason when it's NBA and NFL, it's spring training when it's baseball uh on average the pitch clock has shaved off 26 minutes of play time now i mean there's some other factors in that i mean it's it's spring training and i you know people are probably not taking it as seriously and you know there's gonna be the old timers you know the, all these guys are saying well you know we need more time no, no, you got to get the game faster. If you want people to be interested in baseball, you have to understand that they cannot stay up past midnight to watch your ass play, especially if you got a long-ass West Coast game that they're staying up to watch. Uh, so, I mean, I think this will make the game better, um, but I, there's probably going to be like three or four more rules that make the game dumber, all of the bigger base thing. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Oh, by the way, um, Aaron Hernandez, uh, who's been dead for a while, and uh, yeah, he's a murderer. Um, he's he's been dead for a while now. I don't know if anybody's really talked about him. I don't watch ESPN all that much because it's ESPN. I only watch ESPN um, when there's an actual game on. You know, I don't watch Sports Center. I don't watch any of the the, the first take, second take. 
uh, bullshit that's on during the days because, you know, I work for a living. But uh, DJ Hernandez, Aaron's brother, uh, fed up with the sports talk of the worldwide leader. Um, and uh, he's in trouble. He got arrested th for throwing a brick at the ESPN headquarters in Connecticut. <laughs> Been arrested for it. Uh, but there was a note attached to the brick, uh, much like any Simpsons episode. Uh, the note read, To all media outlets, it's about time you all realize realize spelled r-e-l-a-l-e-y-e-s the effect media has on all family members since you're a worldwide leader maybe you could lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick cleaned it up yours truly dennis j hernandez so he signed it just in case there was uh, any misunderstanding that this could have been like uh, a family member of uh, kurt shillings or something i don't know. Uh, so now ESPN is talking about uh, Dennis Hernandez, I guess. Uh, it beats LeBron James for a little bit anyway. Jesus, man. Well, I mean, you know, the thing too is, like, I, I can't blame ESPN for this because, I mean, after all, your, you know, your brother did kill somebody. Um, but I don't know. It, 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 it just seems like a very sad situation because obviously he misses his brother, but what can you do when your brother does dumb things like that? So, uh, Murder Mystery 2 on Netflix. I guess that's a thing now. A uh, sequel to Murder Mystery starring uh, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. And uh, by the way, uh, just to kind of give you a, a glimpse at how different these two stars are. Jennifer Aniston, of course, showed up to the red carpet event uh, dressed to the nines, dressed, you know, as, as sexily as anybody barely north of 50 can. And she does look amazing still. Got to give her credit for that. Uh, but her co-star, who's worth about $420 million, uh, who doesn't give enough, uh, who just won the Mark Twain Comedy Prize, showed up to this thing wearing a New York Knicks sweatshirt, which I absolutely see nothing wrong with. And by the way, when when you are worth that much money, you can wear whatever the hell you want. If you want to dress up like a giant damn pickle, you best believe you can get away with that within reason here. Um, but, you know, she gave him a little crap for that. But I guess during this uh, red carpet soiree, I, uh, the the... Specter of Friends reared its head, and Friends was just a massive show from uh, the mid-90s up until about the early 2000s, and it made her and her five co-stars a whole hell of a lot of money, and, uh, and uh, she's still bitching, I, mean, I don't know if she's still bitching, she's just... She's trying to wash her hands of some of the comedy that these guys did, uh, because there's no way they could do it. But you know, she, she's trying. The way she describes it, it was um, something along the lines of, we, "We can't do that now. We're not allowed to do that now." But it's, I still believe in comedy. We can't take ourselves seriously. And and the moment she said that, it's like I don't think she understands what comedy truly is. And that's weird because she was involved in the sitcom for as long as she was. She was in office space and was good in office space, um, which uh, had some on PC things uh, and the PC load letter stuff. Uh, the The problem I have with this is like we're, we keep analyzing if a joke was funny uh, through the eyes of now. Back then, 
No one gave a shit. And I think nowadays, no one should give a shit. I mean, what sucks is like on HBO Max, they put a freaking, uh, I think a disclaimer in front of Blazing Saddles trying to explain that this was a different time and they're making fun of racism. It's like you couldn't, you couldn't come up with that on your own that they're making fun of racism and that's why they're doing it. And with Friends, I never saw any... I mean, I can't say I was a, a a big fan of Friends, but I don't think I ever saw anything that was like mean-spirited Amos and Andy bad. I mean, hell, this was a show that... Uh, was it Ross's ex, who uh, was a lesbian? You know, he attended her gay wedding. They attended their, her gay wedding, and they, it was a big deal. And I remember they had Newt Gingrich's sister uh, officiate the wedding. And oh, this was supposed to be so progressive and so um, so forward thinking. And now it's uh, caveman comedy. It's as bad as Amos and Andy. Um, there, there's just no, nothing. It's almost like people are afraid to be proud of their work. And I don't think you're going to get that from like Jerry Seinfeld. You know, there's a ton of jokes that would piss off a lot of millennials or the um, younger people today on Seinfeld. And you know what? So what? That show was supposed to be that way. It, it's kind of weird to see a guy that rarely works blue be as edgy as Jerry Seinfeld was. And the writing on that show was just top-notch. There's a lot of jokes from the old school Simpsons that wouldn't fly. I mean, they got rid of a poo for crying out loud. It's a small miracle South Park is still on. I, you know, my only advice to Jennifer Aniston, and I know she would solicit me for advice, because why wouldn't anybody solicit me for advice, is be proud of what you did. It made you a lot of money. And I can't say that there's anything mean-spirited about what your show did. If if you're talking about social taboos today, the it's just a, a small contingent of Twitterati that get pissed off about this stuff. Move on. You did all right. And, you know, you're still looking pretty good on the red carpet there. <clears throat> and again, uh, Adam West, or Adam West, Jesus. Adam Sandler uh, doing whatever the hell he wants. I... You know, when Kanye West, um, you know, came and found um, the Torah, because, you know, Jesus is a Christian thing, uh, by watching Je 21 Jump Street and how Jonah Hill changed his mind about uh, Jews, <laughs> why didn't he watch, like, a Mel Brooks or Adam Sandler movie? Because, you know, to me, those would be kind of the higher brow comedy, I don't know, higher brow, but higher shelf comedies than a Jonah Hill comedy. You know what I mean? Um, and by the way, the, a lot of Jewish groups are not buying Kanye's story. They're still saying, well, that doesn't make up for the fact that you said, I like Hitler or any of this stuff. So uh, I don't know what Kanye was trying to accomplish with that social media post. Um, but it just didn't really fly. Um, and <laughs> Jesus, now, now poor Jonah is getting this... Um, uh, <laughs> ganged up on by um, paparazzi types. I guess TMZ was running an article about how, like, he uh, demurred on a question. Uh, what do you think? Like, he was, like, in an airport or something. He was at an airport, and uh, they were asking, well, what do you think about Kanye saying that 21 Jump Street made him love Jews again? And he just kind of walked off, and I'm thinking, oh, great. This other means Kanye now has to go watch 22 Jump Street, or uh, 23 Jump Street is in the works. Kanye West is... Uh, 
still trying to take his um, foot out of his mouth, still trying to figure out a way to make money. And th you know, that's probably why he did that, because he's probably looking at his bank account now going, oh, man, maybe the Hitler thing was a little too far. Maybe. Kinda. Sorta. Ooh. Yikes. Alright, so he's trying to figure out what's going on with his own life. Um, can I... I, I'm just at a point with the scientific community here because I keep going back to that uh, Jeff Goldblum quote from Jurassic Park about how you know when they're talking about the cloning of dinosaurs and he goes your your guys when he's talking to uh, um, Richard Attenborough's character you know you are so preoccupied with whether or not you could you didn't stop and think may, whether or not you should. You know, you're you're basically tampering with the laws of nature. And we're doing this all the time. All the time. And scientists, I am convinced, have... If, if you're going to be a scientist, you have to have a ton of doctorates. And I guess when they, uh, you know, you present your thesis in front of the board, one of the questions is, have you ever watched a Jeff Goldblum movie? And it doesn't matter if it's Jurassic Park or Independence Day or The Fly. If you say yes, they're going to discredit you and you'll never become a scientist. Not non-official scientist. I am convinced of this. Because we keep messing with genetics. And I say this um, because there's a company, I think, out of England that is using the DNA of long-gone woolly mammoths to clone mammoth meatballs basically clone meat of dead elephant so you can you can taste what a living animal tastes like that you have never seen alive you know how convoluted that is i just it, it it's even creepy by my own standards there i mean yeah, you're just asking for trouble. And who, who, like with elephant, you mean, why? You, you can't eat elephant now. Why aren't we doing something with animals that died just a few hundred years ago, like the dodo? Hasn't anybody ever asked themselves, man, I wonder what dodo tastes like? We're doing this with freaking mammoth meatballs. Gross. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to cut a little short here tonight. Um, you know, like I said, uh, just if you if you think you got a funny joke in you, if, if you think back at anything in your life that you have said, and you go, know, it was funny then, I don't know if I can get away with it now, don't disown that joke, okay? You know, it just Especially if it's made you lots and lots of money. If it's made you lots and lots of money and you're not giving back that money, shut the hell up. With that all said and done, uh, stay fresh. Cheese. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.